0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Drive Home call Show here on the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop, joined by Michael Garrell, here to recap week number 10 of the CFL season. I'm on the drive home from work. Mike is at Mission Control. Uh, he, he has access to all of your chat comments. I do not. Uh, so Mike will rattle those off for us as we go along the way here as well uh or if you want to come up and talk to us on the stage just hit the little uh, hands up button of course we're doing this for members of our discord community uh you can join us live by joining the discord community via the link in the description unless you're already in here uh but for those of you who aren't feel free to join that uh mike how are you doing today
1: not too bad not too bad I'm working on a couple of top secret projects but uh things are moving along nicely.
0: Oh, top secret. I can't wait to hear all about it Uh, whenever the time comes. uh, Exciting, exciting times and an exciting weekend of football we had here, Mike. Now, new format uh, that we did a couple weeks ago. We both were on vacation last week, so we didn't get to talk about uh, any of this on this show. Well, Adam filled in for us with the uh, the Combine call-in show. So thanks to Adam for doing that. That was a lot of fun to listen to as well. Uh, And he did a great job with it. But uh, two weeks ago, Mike, we tried out this new format. We're not going to go through every game game by game. We're going to touch on the most important or the biggest items from the past week in football, particularly the CFL. So naturally, the topic I want to start with is how amazing is Nathan Rourke? Uh, I know it's not a CFL topic anymore, technically, but he's still still our, our guy. Uh, and CFL Twitter went nuts this week when Nathan Rourke did the impossible in an NFL preseason game, escaped about four tackles at once, planted his feet on the run and threw a successful touchdown pass. I don't know if I've ever seen an NFL play blow up as much as I've seen this one. And Maybe it's just because I'm following all of these CFL circles, but uh, what do you think? of
1: uh, Nathan Rourke's little magic there in the preseason? Um, to be blunt, Ryan, it took about 20 minutes for me to pick up the pieces of my jaw off the floor. Um, number one, to pull that off in the NFL, not easy to do. Number one, number two, to pull that off. Um, auditioning for a job, pretty good. Um... Number three, and on a more disappointing note, to pull that off, and that's my favorite team, not so nice. But, uh, yeah, Nathan Ward certainly made a statement. Um, but he's here to play. And I don't know if you caught this, Ryan, but it also got the attention of the one and only, probably the best uh, quarterback improviser in the entire NFL, in Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty good praise there, and all over the social media sites everywhere. And you know, I think the best moment of it of all actually was that they played the play on the BC Lions jumbotron at at the stadium, and all the players looking up and just celebrating uh, their former teammate's success. You'll love to see it, and uh, you know, especially on a night when. And maybe we can maybe this transitions, and we'll just head straight there. Especially on a night when uh, his, the current quarterback for the Lions and the Lions as a whole, you know, as good as Nathan Rourke did in that preseason game, the Lions are doing pretty good without him them themselves. And that was evident this week with VA back behind center at quarterback. The Lions shut out Edmonton a couple of weeks ago, then get uh, destroyed by the Bombers and give up 50 points in that game, and then come up and lay a pounding on the Calgary Stampeders here. Uh, was this just a matter of VA makes that much of a difference? Or what? what's the story here for BC's
1: big performance? For me, it's an indictment on the team they played in Dave Dittleton's Calgary Stampeders more than anything. Um, I had this as Canada's game of the week that the Rod Peterson show likes to call it. Um, unfortunately, I left, I left Watching it and checking scores, very very disappointed because I really expected a much better performance um, from Calgary and BC just picking up or doing BC like things uh, after a bit of a down week against Winnipeg. Short week, bat up toward the bat, yada yada yada. So the beat goes on in BC, and I think this asks a lot of questions about the Calvary Stampeders.
0: well the crazy thing is I th- I forget who said this on Twitter but the somebody dug up the CFL stats and the swing from the again that 22 point win to the whatever it was 30 40 something point loss to the bombers was one of the biggest in CFL history in an- at least a number of decades. And then the swing the other direction to go from that big of a loss to this big of a win. One-upped it by an extra point. So, you know, my take here for BC is, yeah, having VA back certainly helps. I think Dane Evans, Dom Davis struggled. And I think VA outside of that one game against Toronto this year with the six picks is having an MOP quality season and, and is playing really well at the top level you can expect. Uh, and I have no concerns with how he's played, and it's nice to see him play this while coming back from injury. And I I, I think this game, Chip, for me, was more clear than anything that that game where BC lost to Winnipeg the week before was a short travel against a team off the bye and just a number of different factors into that one. This is more along the lines of the BC lines we're going to be seeing the rest of the way.
1: It's interesting because there's another team that had a short week this week that almost had the same type of BC Lions death performance uh, in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So memo to the CFL, eliminate the short weeks when you can, please, or shorten the travel in both instances. Yeah, agreed.
0: There, there are a lot of different cases of this, and I know planning a schedule is hard. Mike, you know planning a schedule is hard. You've planned your fair share of schedules. It's hard to fit everything in, but we've got a lot of these, yeah, short weeks versus long weeks. Uh, we've got you know some cases where teams don't play each other multiple times, so you, you don't even get to see an opposing team come to town. I think there are a lot of different quirks in the schedules that could be worked out a little bit better. Uh, but again, it's, it's, it's hard to plan out a,
1: uh, a schedule uh, for sure. If you want to get me started on schedule, what about Toronto three bye weeks in the first 11 weeks? Yeah,
0: let's go there next, I guess, uh, and talk about, and we'll talk about that game as part of it. Uh, you know, the Toronto Argonauts and the Ottawa Red Blacks put up 60-something. Do you know what the final score was, Mike? Was it like 44-31, I want to say, uh, was the final score in that one? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on it, but...
1: Oh, you're right.
0: Okay, there we go. Uh, Yeah, so that's, what, 75 points on the board between these two games. The Sunday night game, a.k.a. the game where passing defenses uh, clearly don't matter or are non-existent. And we kind of figured that going in between those two teams. Uh, You know, they are two of the worst passing defenses. They're also two of the best rushing defenses, so I expected it to be a bit of an air show. Uh, But a crazy, crazy football game uh between these two teams that are just that both of them just lighted up the Argos managed to pull out the win turns out Chad Kelly looks uh pretty darn healthy if you ask me I think he's perfectly fine he kind of showed that in this game uh and now he gets some time to rest up a bit but he's got a long stretch down the rest of the season because as you mentioned a three by
1: weeks third bye week already in week eleven. Yeah, and the interesting part, Ryan, you mentioned it, 35 points buy between the two teams in the second quarter, notwithstanding an early Ottawa 10-0 lead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that was a shock, I think, for a lot of people coming right out of the gate on that one. And it was just two quarterbacks that are arguably, you know, future faces of this league going head-to-head in this one. And you love to see it, you know, Kelly Granted, the injury last time had impacted his performance in that one, but a bit of a, a, a bad game or a lowers total for him in the week before that. And he bounces back and throws what I th- at least over 300 yards. I'm not sure if he hit 400, uh, but he hit four touchdowns on the day. And I thought this was Dustin Crumb's best game as a passer as well. Uh, You know, he didn't rush for a whole ton in this one, but he managed to stand in the pocket a little bit more, make some plays happen. Still got sacked a number of times, I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, but uh, he. He, you know, was able to complete passes. We haven't seen him complete yet. So I'm just excited. I was really excited watching this game, just seeing these quarterbacks go head-to-head. And I'm just
1: looking forward to more matchups between them going forward. Yeah, they have two more matchups. By the way, it's a career high for uh, Dustin Crum in touchdown passes and passing yards in the game. So congrats to him. And as you said yesterday, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, Team loss uh, wouldn't pull out one individual aspect of his team. Uh, they have to be pretty disappointed uh, with their defense as a team, something that's been so rock solid. Um, but I, I don't know, Ryan, if it's a bit of a surprise as, big, as big people are making it out to be. I did one. Oh, sorry. Toronto, I think, has the number one offense in the uh, CFL. Um, I I think that would be fair. The argument could be made for BC, but I think as far as consistency and explosiveness and overall well-roundedness, I would have to say that that goes to the Argos.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they they've got a number of different running backs that can get it done. They've got, uh, you know, Kelly is squarely an MOP front runner. Uh, so far this season with the way he, he's played and you know just across the board not even the offense like the the Argos defense has made some big turnovers the, can we talk about the kick return for a second here Javon Leak does it again uh, third kick return or punt return touchdown of the season for him now we to tie this back into this is their third bye week in 11 weeks of the season that's eight games on the year and he's got three return touchdowns so often you hear this conversation. Anytime any returner takes a punt back for a touchdown, everybody starts the conversation about, "Oh, this guy is the best in the, uh, is the best return man in the CFL." Uh, and probably every fan base is going to make the argument about their own guy. I've never seen anybody put Javon Leak in consideration for the best return man in the CFL. So I would like to put him there now because. His stats so far just can't be ignored. I, I I think he truly is one of the best, if not the best in the league. Like we we hyped up Devonte Dedman and his return abilities when he did. I think it was five returns in fifteen games back. You know, a couple of years ago, and now he's had the injury problems. Leak is incredible, and it's just another factor of how to uh, of a difficulty to beat this Argos team because if you're you're you know if you're beating their defense or you're shutting down their offense. Punt return's going to get it done now, too.
1: My, my my expression, Ryan, and you should have seen it watching that return. My my first thought is, where the heck is he running? Why is he running there? It, it makes no sense. And the next thing you know, he's like a bullet going through the bullet train, and he's gone. It, it, it's, just, it's just remarkable. But in fairness, teams are going to have to start kicking them to the sideline. Like, you, you just, you cannot give this guy open field to return a kick anymore. You just can't.
0: For sure. Now, I want to talk more about uh, this game, because I thought it was a close game. You know, Ottawa kind of gave Toronto a run for their money. But I want to switch over and talk about Montreal first, and then come back to talking about these teams in the East as a yeah. whole. Um, the Alouettes this week against the Riders, you, you mentioned them having a Uh, You know, Saskatchewan coming off a short week here as well. Uh, But Montreal comes in. Cody Fajardo is a game time decision. We all expect he's going to play until an hour before the game. They go and say, nope, Caleb Evans is going to start. He's not ready to play. Um, Which personally, you know, there's been this. We've had some discussion in our Discord community about that as well. I don't have a problem with that. I know it's frustrating from a fantasy and from a betting perspective as well. uh, When a guy gets scratched last minute, uh, because that can change a whole bunch of things, certainly. Um, But at the same time, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if a guy is, you know, truly a game time decision and then he starts warming up or putting on the pads and something doesn't feel right? Or he tweaks his knee or rolls an ankle in the locker room. You can't force a guy to go out there and play if he's not able to go and play. Uh I think they marked it clearly with a game time decision that that kind of puts some risk in there in whatever picks you're going to make knowing he could play or he could not. And ultimately Fajardo is a no-go. William Stanback also ruled out for this game. So they're out of their top quarterback, they're out of their top running back, uh wide receivers. We've talked a lot about their depth issues there, but they have had some good pieces come in uh this season and then they face a rider's defense that's actually been pretty darn good this year so i don't know about you but my expectations weren't high for montreal coming into this game i took the riders to win it outright but we got to start giving this alouette's team some credit here we talk about winnipeg bc and toronto in, in very different variations as the top teams in the league is it fair to start putting montreal as the
1: fourth team in that category In fairness, Ryan, I think they've been that fourth team all year long. I I don't think this is anything new. Is it?
0: I don't think it's anything new. I think we've all had Montreal in fourth all year long. It's just I think we had some separation between that top tier and then Montreal. What I'm wondering now is should we start considering them right up there with those top three teams?
1: Have they played the Argos yet this year? They did,
0: and they did just the other week. I can't remember what the final score was in that one.
1: Yeah, but but it's interesting, right? Because I'm willing to give Montreal the, that fourth spot in the power rankings for the foreseeable future. I just don't know if they've cracked that top three A tier, if you will. I'm getting there.
0: I, I think I still have them on the outside looking in. But the thing that like Montreal definitely does not get enough credit for is, yeah, they've had some offensive inefficiencies, but I, I think they're working through those. You know, Jason Mons done a good job with his run game lately. Walter Fletcher, Josh Renand, we both contributed greatly in this win for them. Uh, but that defense in Montreal is so good. Uh and might be actually the best defense in the CFL. Take away a game against Toronto, take away a game against BC, where they gave up 35 points in each of those. They've let in they've let up less than 20 points in every other game this season. Uh, and I think maybe only a one other game over 15. So, you know, that defense you, you look at it on paper and, and it doesn't scream top defense in the CFL necessarily based on some of the names. Uh, you know, that you see on other teams around the league that we're used to. But I think this is a a defense that is going to keep shutting teams down enough that, you know, the offense only needs to put up one or two touchdowns a game and a couple of field goals to get it done week in and week out.
1: I I, I think it's very interesting. Um, Mudgell had that, uh, his first name escapes me right now, and uh, I'm telling my apologies, but Beverett? Um that guy is a football player, let me tell you. Uh, for, he might be, with all due respect to some of the Argos defenders, and there's about eight of them you to throw on that list. He might be Montreal's best option uh, for defensive player of the year so far.
0: Yeah, I have, I have no counter-argument on that. He's looked fantastic. He looked good in this game again.
1: And, and I think it's really interesting, and it, it leads me to a, a a further question. Where was this in Saskatchewan, particularly from Fajardo and Moss, you know, quarterback, offensive coordinator, but, you know, they can seemingly go to another team and have played success. It, it, it's baffling to me, to be honest.
0: I think there are a number of different factors in that. I think in Saskatchewan, there's been so many off-field distractions, especially last year as well. You know, you start getting into some of those situations where, uh, you know, if you're Fajardo and you're getting sacked over and over and over again, it's starting to mess with you. Uh, a little bit which full credit to the Montreal offensive line I, I think they've been doing a much better job in recent weeks uh, of getting that back under control and Caleb Evans to his credit did a great job this week put up something like 28 fantasy points uh, and a number of touchdowns helps oh, that he rushed for two of them and, and poached those from Walter Fletcher thanks for that uh, but uh, you know the Alouettes uh, put up 39 points 40 points i think on the uh, on, on the riders in this game uh and kind of shut them down to nothing really going on saskatchewan side which brings me back to this topic on the whole east division every uh, week tr- or, just, just to jump in ryan they put 41 on the board 41 okay so this kind of brings me back you know does montreal belong in that top tier We also talk about Ottawa week after week. They're in the game right down the stretch, uh, right until the end of the game. Uh, But a number of times just seem to not be able to get it done. But they're right there in one flip of a switch and, and they're racking up the wins here. Hamilton, yeah, they've had their issues, but now maybe the offensive coordinator change helps there. I've kind of maintained the stance all along this year that this is Toronto's division. They're going to lock it up early and just coast to the finish line. But I know you and I were talking about it a little bit this week. Uh, Where do you stand
1: on that for 10 weeks? I think Toronto's a clear number one. I think if we would have lost yesterday, I think you might open the door slightly. Um, But I know given Toronto's schedule, I think their most difficult game... Aside from two more with the Red Blots, might be that game in Winnipeg. Uh they've already finished with BC. Uh they've already finished with Saskatchewan. Um they They've two very winnable games against Hamilton. Uh Labor Day and the rematch. Um <laughs> time is running out if you're if you're the rest of the East to try to catch Toronto, even though I think that ship has sailed a while ago, but time is also slipping away from the bottom two, if you will, to this being Hamilton and uh, Ottawa to, to have a bit of a say if you're going to uh, have a home playoff game, because I have a feeling that that ship might be sailed before it even really gets started, if Montreal played the way they do, especially with all their injuries. So, yeah, Montreal is number four in my power rankings. Um, give me a one-shot game with the Argos with something on the line. Do I think they win that game? Eh? I wouldn't favor them at this point, but they certainly have a puncher's chance, I would suggest.
0: And that's where I'm at right now, too. I, I still have them as the top team out uh, out east uh, and winning this season, uh, you know, the division. But when it comes to the playoffs, you know, you look at these teams, Montreal, Ottawa being in games right until the end. I think it gets a little a bit more muddy there. Uh, and we'll see how Toronto handles, you know, no bye weeks the rest of the season. I'm I think they win the division, but I'm not so convinced they win it early now uh where you know they get those rest weeks down the stretch because I think these teams are competitive. And my take is that it's just fun. It's fun to see the East Division uh playing like this and having these exciting football games. Uh and they're some of my favorite teams to watch play right now uh are the teams out east. Uh, Mike, we've got about 10 minutes left here. Yep. Uh what topics
1: uh, what what do you want to discuss next? Um, just a really quick comment here from my FM fan. He said, Flint, the Ticats, punter, just uh, put on the suspended list.
0: And, yeah, so that ties it to, I guess quickly we'll touch on that, and then we'll get to another topic I know you want to talk about, uh, yes. is that the Riders, the Ticats, made a trade this week. Uh, Antonio Pipkin going over to the Riders. Ticats just signed him a month ago uh trade him over there for their backup punter kari vedvik and that's because flint the punter currently for the ticats yeah it looks like he uh, has been away from the team for family it matters uh and has gone on the suspended list now so seems like that's going to be going on for a little while uh i imagine so that's why they make the trade to bring a punter in if it was a week or two, I think you could make uh, just have Mark Leggio punt as well. I think punting is one of his greatest strengths, uh, but maybe you don't want to do that long term and keep him focused on the kicking because he's kicking pretty well. Um, but Antonio Pipkin traded over to the Riders. and The big reason that happens is Mason Fine goes down. Now he's injured for a couple of weeks. It looks like uh, Shay Patterson's banged up still there a little bit. Jake Dolagala came in, didn't do anything particularly good uh, in this football game. So they bring in Antonio Pipkin. Uh, what do you make of that trade from the Saskatchewan standpoint? Is just another body there in the QB room or is it for a couple of weeks? Or uh, do you think there's more value in uh, bringing Pipkin in
1: here? Now, I know what I told you last night, and it's kind of like this. You have a night to sleep on it and think about it again. Um, this, to me, is a full-on football trade that benefits both sides. Um, I I think with an injured quarterback in Mason Vine, very, very unlikely with Trevor Harris comes back. Um, I actually think that this could play itself to be a quarterback option down the line for Saskatchewan. Um, not to say but he's going to start this week, but uh, boy, oh, boy, those J. Doligala is the number one die. Discussions died pretty quickly. In fact, almost on arrival with that game. Um, you know, know. To be honest, the writer's batter quarterback scenario for the most part hasn't been much to write home about. Now fine has obviously had a pretty good last two weeks, but it almost feels like uh the die is here in the background, but you guys have a chance to show me, otherwise he might come. I, I, I don't know. I I certainly feel like did best. I mean, I relate this to you, Ryan. For two to three weeks, it doesn't make an entire, entire much sense to trade for him. Um, I almost wonder if there's some kind of a long-term play here, but yeah, that remains that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, I think that could be a scenario there too. Final topic here, Mike. This Thursday night game between the Elks and the Bombers, you couldn't have scripted it any more perfectly, where the Elks suffer their 22nd consecutive loss by blowing a 22-0 lead, 22nd consecutive home loss, sorry, by blowing a 22-0 lead and giving up 22 unanswered points at the end of the game uh, in this one drew brown at quarterback after zach caleros goes down due to injury i'll quickly touch on the elk side and then i'll let you talk about drew brown because i don't think trey will let me speak about him anymore uh after you know i swayed him away from picking him in fantasy this week
1: um the elk why, side... why why would you do that hmm?
0: I mean, why would you pick a backup quarterback? Uh, maybe Trey knew something I didn't. Uh, I'll get—I'll give him credit for his take on that one. Uh, but I'll let you talk about Drew Brown here. And yeah. just—but my my to sum it up for Edmonton, like when's this gonna end? Like what? How? The, every week is in a, a new way. It's just a new way they have found to extend this losing streak. And just when you think they have it together early in this game. Offense looked good with Jarius Jackson's play calling. Defense comes up with the big pick six. They find a way to blow it again uh, in the second half of a football game. And you know what? I called it. I said early in this game it was twenty-two nothing in the second quarter, and I said Bombers are still going to win this game, aren't they? And uh, well, I, I may have been right about ninety-nine percent of things that happened in that game. But that is one I got right. And Elks fans, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I, I That's all I can say. I, I want better for you. Uh, I, but a couple minutes left here, Mike. I want, I want you to touch on uh, what you saw from Drew Brown and, and the Bombers side of this.
1: Um, couple of things first. I'm getting sick and tired of looking at my thesaurus Ryan. And trying to come up with a different word for lost, like you said. Uh, it, it just seems like another way uh, to lose every week. So, yes, I feel very bad. Um, just a note to Bomber fans. No, 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 no. The Bombers are not trading Zach Laos because of one performance off the bench. Let, let's make that absolutely clear right now. Um, but from Drew Brown, I mean, goodness. Gracious. Like he's throwing darts all over the field. Um, you know, that one to Tenny Lawler was absolutely ridiculous. Uh there was a couple of other ridiculous throws. Um I caution. I know there's a lot of discussion about oh, you know, Drew Brown might be the next backup that uh that might become a starter next year. I, I believe Bon is a pending free agent. Careful about that assessment. We had a couple of guys in Calgary that we all thought we were going to be, you know, the next coming of, uh, you know, whatever quarterback you want to want to have. Um, I think it's just honestly, it's a real it's a real sort of feather in the cap to what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have built and the team around them. And maybe this will be sort of that discussion of maybe it'll kind of quiet the discussion of Caleros and then they have nothing, right? right? And it's kind of like, oh, you know, now you have a viable backup option. Granted, it's the outs, but granted, I think this is why the Blue Bombers have been so bullish on Drew Brown in the last, you know, three years. Um, I would just be quick to caution that this Nets great starting quarterback kind of spiel has to be bowed down a little bit because, to be honest, I think if you put Drew Brown on the outs at this present moment, I don't think you get what you got on Thursday night uh, when he was on the Blue Bombers. That's just my. That's just my fury. Um, I think he can certainly be a viable option, but it's going to have to be more about situation for him. So let's kind of cool the Jets on Drew Brown replacing um, uh, uh, which I've seen online, and it's just absurd. Uh, by the way, uh, Tolaros is under contract for another two years, and it's one game, and it's the Edmonton out. So, let's see this week uh, what happens.
0: Yeah, and we'll see uh, We'll see if Drew Brown does get the start this week. Uh, we'll keep monitoring Zach Caleros' uh, status and practice there as well. I mean, it was a great game, and yeah, you talked about cooling the Jets there a little bit. Uh But at the same time, you know, I I think Brown, every time he's come into a game, he's delivered. He's gotten it done. Uh, And sure, that means different sometimes in garbage time than it will in in some cases. This was probably the first true test of him in in live game situation or one of the few. And I thought he did a really good job in that one. And uh, certainly wasn't expecting that kind of performance when he came in. Uh, Mike, we are out of time here for today's drive home show. Uh, any 30-second final thoughts for you before I do the wrap-up?
1: Yeah, I I was actually reminded earlier today uh, that Drew Brown uh, had this type of performance against Ottawa last year where he led the Bombers to a game-winning drive after Zatolaro had to leave the game for three plays. So, right, you know, right. maybe, may, maybe there is something there, but I'm just not ready to quite suggest it. You know, he's the next coming of a in his prime, boldy by Mitchell kind of thing. That's all I'm trying to get at.
0: That makes sense. And we'll see you when we come back and do this again next week, if you're there yet on Drew Brown, assuming he plays, uh, as we'll be back again for the Drive Home calling show next week, uh, probably back on Tuesday next week. This is a rare Monday edition, uh, but we'll be back to it as usual. Of course, if you want to join us live and send in your comments and questions, uh join the discord community uh, if you're listening to this after the fact in the audio feed the link is in the description it's free we've got a lot of fun stuff going on in the community uh, a lot of fantasy talk betting prop bets uh game day discussions all that stuff uh, and make sure you check out our uh, week 11 preview show Wednesday night, 10:30 PM Eastern time over on our YouTube channel and a variety of other platforms. Uh, we will preview this week's upcoming games, talk all about the storylines uh, for these matchups. We'll talk about the fantasy players to watch, uh, you know, I'm back in the lab, cooking up some more uh, picks for that. And we'll go through our betting odds for these games as well. So look forward to that mike thanks for joining me on the drive home as always thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat uh and uh thanks for listening take care have a good one bye